0: has to be part of your thing and then you know you you do it like this and then you break the mold
1: welcome to the creative studio this is the podcast where we conduct experiments with podcasting in this four season we are exploring narrative podcasting biographic
2: and engaging Story Plus emotion or moments of reflection.
3: And it's not all just documentaries because we get sucked into the story.
2: But in a narrative podcast, you explore the answer and you find it by weaving through a set of occurrences.
3: It's a change of direction.
4: Add in extra information or background or thought process to what was already recorded.
1: We are going to be diving into what narrative podcasting is, how to do it, and whether you should even consider doing it. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com and I will be hosting this journey. I'm not an expert at this. I'm learning right along with you. Keep on listening to The Creative Studio to find out more about podcasting experiments.
2: A narrative is anecdotes, which are essentially descriptions of things that happened, plus emotion or moments of reflection. So if you take something that is a occurrence and then you add in elements of reflection or emotion to it that tends to be the glue that holds together narrative and that's a super simplistic way of of describing that that was brian Orr, the host of the podcast movement sessions podcast
1: before dabbling in narrative format he started with an interview-based show when he
2: would listen to his own podcast his expectations were less than ideal In listening to it, I found that I was getting bored listening to my own content, and there were some guests who were great, and the the application was strong, but it wasn't really grabbing my attention the same way that I had found shows like 99% Invisible and This American Life had done for me. So I just found that I had a real discontent with the content I was producing, which drove me to want to... Do more narrative style, which my first attempt at that was a podcast that I did with my brother called Mantastic Voyage. We only got, I think, eight episodes into that before our schedules were just too hard to keep maintaining it. And then I uh, had the opportunity to produce a podcast for Podcast Movement, which is Podcast Movement Sessions, which is more of a narrative style as well. Still not what I would call a true a true story-based narrative podcast where it's literally just stories, um, but it's definitely using narrative elements or what we would call synthesis nowadays, synthesizing uh, information into a story. In this series, we'll be hearing from 11 different people that I've interviewed and we'll
1: get their take on narrative podcasting. Brian is just one of them. We'll also hear from Corey Coates, David Jackson, Daniel J. Lewis, Eric K. Johnson, Rye Taylor, Jeff Woods, Doc Kennedy, Jessica Abel, Jessica Rhodes, and Elsie Escobar. They are going to share from their experience and their perspective about narrative podcasting. And in this episode specifically, we're going to be looking at what it is and whether you should or should not be doing this. So this is going to be a 10-part series that will be brought to you in a documentary style. So you'll hear from several guests in each episode. At the end of this episode, I'll provide a summary of the whole series, but we'll first dive into what I mean by narrative podcasting, why you should or shouldn't consider this format, and then also a little bit about a couple of our guests. Narrative podcasting is not going away. I'm convinced of that. This is Rye Taylor. He's a fellow podcast producer, and he helps people craft stories. Really,
5: when you're talking about narrative podcasting, you're talking about taking bits and pieces from your life or from the life of somebody you're really speaking to and developing it into
1: an engaging story. We all love engaging stories. They're the ones that cause us to sit in the car to finish listening to it. This is called the driveway
6: effect. It's not always easy to do this. It's quite difficult to put it together because it takes a lot of work. You have to go create the interview. Eric A. Johnson is the
1: host of the podcast Talent Coach, and he focuses a lot on storytelling in his podcast.
6: Once you have the interview in hand, then you have to dissect the interview into parts and write the story around the interview. So it's it's a difficult process to create, but it's probably one of the more entertaining and effective podcasts that you can put together. So it's more difficult to create such an impactful story, and Eric explains it further. You have to be an incredible storyteller, which is difficult. It's an art. Telling great stories is an art. Finding people to interview that are lively and entertaining and energetic, that's a, that's a difficult task to do. Finding uh, interviews that will give you complete sentences that will help tell your story is a difficult piece. And then being able to catalog it all so you can put it together in a manner that Makes sense when the listener uh, spends time and listens to the to the podcast to be able to understand the complete story. It's a it's a difficult process,
3: and the reason we do that, and it's not all just documentaries, because we get sucked into the story. We're like, we want to see if he's gonna make it or if she's gonna make it or whatever. So, I think that's the big thing. This is Dave Jackson. He is the host of the School of Podcasting.
1: He is one of the first and best people that have helped me in my podcasting journey. He has a great podcast, and I would recommend checking that out. He also does a podcast with Eric A. Johnson, which we just heard from, and they have what is called the Podcast Review Show, where you can be able to get your podcast reviewed and be able to get some great feedback to make improvements on your show.
3: I think it's a little more engaging than just an interview where you're listening to somebody ask a question and then they answered and then they ask a question and they answered. And the thing, even uh, if we look at entrepreneur on fire, which is a real popular podcast, what does John do? He basically pulls back the curtain and has people do what tell him their story. You know, how did you, what were your biggest failures? What was your aha moment? You know, and then he walks them through their success. That's just the hero's journey in podcast form. And when I finally realized that I'm like, Wow. That's kind of genius that he somehow pulled that out. But uh, he, cause it, on one hand, he's asking the same six or seven questions every episode, but he's unveiling that person's story. So I was like, well, he's doing narrative without really doing, without all the sound effects, basically.
1: When asked whether you should consider this format or not, they mentioned the time commitment.
3: It really depends on how much time you have, because I always say to do just you talking into a microphone, is a four to one ratio. So if you want to do a 15 minute podcast, plan on spending an hour because you have to figure out what you're going to talk about. Then you record it. You might do a little editing. Then you have to do the tagging. You have to do the show notes. So all the time you do that, you end up spending an hour on a 15 minute podcast. I've done a couple things over the years. Like when cereal first came out, I did a parody called dinner where it was me going to the grocery store. And it was real. I mean, I took my portable recorder and it was real sounds. It was me inside of a target and this and that and getting into the car. And so everything was real and it was this cool sound effects. And it sounded just like you were there with me. But by the time I edited that down, or if I've done other things where I have sound effects or I I add music to add a mood, you're blowing that four to one ratio just off, off the chart. I don't know what it would be, you know, six, seven, 10 to one, something like that. Because now you're really trying to get things to sound a specific way. And you're trying to create that mood. And I think part of it would depend, too, also on your personality. If you're a perfectionist, just, you know, lock yourself in a room and forget about it. You're, you're never coming out. <laughs> because for me, I did one where I uh, I was talking about how I had a, uh, a machine called the Stylizer 3000. And I was making the point of you can do a podcast in whatever format you want. And so one was like the, you know, the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday guy and this and that. And, and all those had little music under them to help kind of just push the joke and the fact that you can be as creative as you want. And that clip was maybe two minutes long and it took me the better part of two days to find the music and to, in some cases, try to whip up a bad imitation of somebody. And uh, so that's the downside. It takes a lot more time, at least in my travels of of doing it. uh, If you're really trying to get the right mood and the right sound. And I was doing something uh, this week and I started to fall into that trap where I was looking for a free uh, sound file of a, a drum roll, you know, kind of thing. And I'm looking and looking and I'm on like my fifth website. And I finally went over to a website. I know that it's audiojungle.net and I looked and it was, here's a, a decent, really good sounding drum roll for three bucks. And I was like, okay, I'll spend $3 to save 45 minutes going through all these websites that are just going to spam me or whatever, trying to find the free version. And so there are times when I always say you, you pay with things with either money or time. And I was, I was headed full speed ahead down that time road. And I went, wait a minute, it's just a drum roll. This is going to be, you know, four seconds of my podcast. Let's not obsess over this being the perfect drum roll. So it's really easy to, to fall down that trap. I've got half an episode that I started last year on interviewing people in radio and then, just never finished it, and you know time happened, and life happened, and it was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I need to finish that, but it's they make great episodes, <laughs> but man are they they're just because you have to for me at least, I listened to every um que- answer, and then I had to know what the answer was, and then try to kind of patch a story around the answers mm-hmm. and it just it sounds easy it's like, oh yeah, just but I had to like you know i because I, I had like five or six, uh, interviews. And so I had to know what this person was and it, so I had to listen to it and kind of document what was in each episode. So at the seven minute mark, you know, Eric Johnson said this, and at the, you know, three minute mark on the, you know, Ken Blanchard interview, he said this. So it was, it was cool when you put it all together and it was like, wow, that was awesome. And it was, you know, this awesome, whatever, 40 minutes, but it took me like weeks to put together. (laughs)
1: Daniel J. Lewis is our next guest. He's been involved in podcasting for years and has been helping people take their podcast from average to amazing. He hasn't done narrative formats himself, but he has some
4: great insight. The main reason why I haven't is because I know there's a lot of work to it. I've thought about it before, even before narrative was a cool thing. I've I've heard narrative format podcasts before or narrative documentaries and that kind of thing before. And I've thought about it and it is a neat approach, especially when you need to add in extra information or background or add in your thought process to what was already recorded. It can work great. But I have been listening to some narrative podcasts uh, and kind of enjoy them, kind of not. Depends really if I can connect with what they're talking about. It's not the format itself.
1: think that this is key. It's not the format. It's making a
2: connection. Brian Orr explains this connection even more. A good reason to have a narrative podcast or really narrative audio or narrative writing or narrative of any type is if you are wanting to make an emotional connection. If you have no interest in emotion whatsoever, making an emotional connection or getting people's emotions to rise and fall, then don't do narrative. If all you're wanting to do is simply express information and have information absorbed, the narrative doesn't make sense. But I would challenge anyone who says that all they're doing is relaying information because information is absorbed when emotion is attached to it. I mean that's pretty much scientifically proven that if we have no relationship to information that's being given us – then you're going to have a pretty tough time remembering it. But if you can attach information to an emotion, that's the beauty of narrative. Because for whatever reason, humans are just hardwired for story. As soon as something is a story, we're going to listen to it. If I just start talking to you about asteroids, just out of the blue, just asteroids, then you're probably not going to be so interested. But if I say, man, I have this crazy story about an asteroid that fell into my backyard... Mm-hmm. Y- you're, you're waiting to hear what happened next. It's impossible right. for you not to want to know what the story is about the asteroid that fell in my backyard.
1: So it seems that many, or maybe I should say some, to be fair, some people are trying to do narrative because of the popularity of NPR style podcasts. Corey Coates of Podfly Media has his thoughts on this.
7: Well, you know, a lot of people are kind of glomming onto the method of doing it this way, largely because of the popularity of some narrative podcasts. And look, they sound beautiful. You listen to Radiolab or Serial or, or many of these shows, and they're just gorgeous. They're fun to listen to. It's basically like putting on an album every week. So I understand how attractive and sexy that can be. Um, but doing it just because a lot of the most popular shows or the ones that you really enjoy are in that fashion doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you should do. I mean, look, if you're trying to write a fictional tale, Doing it in a documentary sense doesn't make any sense if you're a filmmaker. Similarly, choosing the right audio format for your medium or for your content, I think, is critical. So look, if I'm trying to bring information, just raw, pure information from individuals to individuals, then maybe the interview format's the way to go. But if I'm trying to demonstrate, for example, as we did in, in our podcast series when we did the podcast producers, that there's a lot of experts, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at the exact same thing, then maybe the narrative way of going is 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 better for you. But ultimately, for me, I think it comes down to deciding, again, the same thing, who's telling the story and what is the story being told, and then choosing the format that goes around that.
6: I wouldn't necessarily call it a fad. I would certainly say it's a change of direction. You know, I was having this conversation yesterday with Jay Papazan. I was talking about podcasting. And if you think of an adoption curve, um, imagine a a bell curve. You know, we're still at the very beginning of that, what we would call early adopters, where I think most people don't even know what podcasts are. And so there's going to be an increasing demand and need for podcasts. But with that... The pros are recognizing it, and so you look at people like Serial, you look at people like Alex Blumberg, who started Startup. You know, these people came from NPR; they've been narrative journalists as their profession, and now they're bringing that talent and that skill set to the podcast world. And with that, you know, you're starting to see these these podcasts coming out with incredibly high production quality, and and with that also incredibly high budgets to produce it as well. So I. I Don't think that you have to do that if you want to compete moving forward, but just recognizing that the quality is going through the roof. And if you want to stand out, you're going to have to do things differently. We just
1: heard from Jeff Woods of the Mentee Podcast. He doesn't do full narrative, but he records raw conversations and occasionally narrates through some of the surrounding story.
2: Yeah, so if you don't have any time, if what you're wanting to do is simply create a content machine, and not actually go through and edit and write and all those sorts of things, then don't do narrative because narrative requires a great amount of effort on the front, middle, and back end in order to pull it off. You can't just tell great stories off of a whim. I mean, there maybe are a few people who can, but I certainly can't. So it just requires a time investment that a lot of people just don't have. And for certain types of uh, medium, mediums. Uh, it's just not going to, it's not going to be worth it. Like for example, if you're going to, if you're going to do the niche podcast for people who wash cars, it's probably not worth it for you to spend a bunch of time doing narrative because they're probably only listening to you because they want to get the quickest tip on how to, you know, buff out a Ferrari or whatever. And and there's probably not as much of a story there. You can do story quickly, which is just a, you know, one take related story, but usually that falls flat. It's almost better not to even try if you're not going to put the effort in.
1: If you are needing a new or more reliable media host for your podcast files, Libsyn is my top recommendation. They have been around since 2004 and are run by podcasters, so they understand the needs of podcasters. I've used them since started podcasting in 2013. In order for you to sign up, just go to Libsyn. Again, that's lipson. Okay, now let's flip to the negative side of doing narrative. Overwhelmingly, there's a huge negative
8: to consider, which has been mentioned already. One, I think you need to understand the time commitment is going to be much more than if you were to go the other traditional podcasting routes. You're committing to telling a story in a specific way that you cannot veer from. Once you get started, you cannot change course. You know, it, it makes it really hard to have any flexibility. But if it does well, then there's no need to flex. So that's one thing to consider.
5: Now, engaging stories always take more time. Are they worth it? In my opinion, definitely. They are worth it in every sense of the word because you get to craft something that couldn't be told in a better way. And that is an exciting thing. You really get to be a storyteller and in interviews even though i love interview style podcasts and listen to many of them myself what i prefer is the narratives because it's sharing and weaving a story you get to listen to that journalist or listen to that podcaster weave that story in a way that it just makes sense and that's a huge huge benefit to the listener
1: if you're willing to make the time commitment or pay someone and also put the time in narrative can be effective and
4: worth the effort. Daniel share some other considerations. Is that the best way to tell the story that you want to tell? And are you willing to do that extra work? It can come out really neat if you do it well, but it is a lot of work because you have to, you have to plan ahead. And then even after you've planned ahead, and almost no matter how much you plan ahead, there's always some planning behind, I guess we could call it, where after you've recorded it, then you need to look back cut it up into clips, and decide what is the story you want to tell, how can you use the information you've already recorded to tell that story, and what kind of stuff do you need to fit in between the separate clips that you're using.
6: There's so many podcasts. People are launching podcasts every day. People want to podcast because they want to make a lot of money, and they want to be super famous, and they want the easiest way to do it. Well, It's, you know, the the reality of the situation is if you want to be super famous or super successful or make a lot of money, you have to put in the hard work. There is no fast track or fast path to really, you know, to a lot of success. So putting on a narrative style podcast is a lot of work, um, but you will get a, a lot of positive recognition, a lot of exposure with really, really quality show.
1: That was Jessica Rhodes. She's the host of the Roads to Success podcast, and then she also co-hosts the Podcast Producers podcast with Corey Coates. She is also the founder of Interview Connections, which is a business that helps connect podcasters with targeted people to interview. Now, let's hear from another Jessica.
9: I think that narrative journalism is just an extremely powerful way to convey ideas.
1: That was Jessica Abel, and she wrote a book called Out on the Wire where she interviewed many of the top people on the storytelling radio and podcast shows. It is a graphic book as in she wrote it in cartoon style. I highly recommend getting it. She also took many of the concepts and created a podcast series by the same name out on the wire. So anyway, let's get back to Jessica.
9: You can pack so much into so little time and with so many layers of meaning. Um, by carefully editing and by layering in sound and, and thinking really carefully about your scripting and, and narration, all that stuff, you, you can just do do a lot more with it. I think, you know, I think you could listen to like, you know, five episodes of a good interview podcast and get a lot of little nuggets here and there and put all of those into a half hour narrative podcast, um, and really not miss anything. Well, and even I mean, interview podcasts themselves can be done much more efficiently, much more tightly, much more interestingly. I mean, if you listen to something like um Fresh Air," you know, those are heavily edited. They're not narrative. they're interview based, but they're still um, done in a style that's, you know, very much the, the the listener is very much kept in mind, and the the story that they want to tell, the information that they want to convey, is is carefully composed. And I think that even um, people who are working in a more interview-oriented format could benefit from thinking like a narrative, like a maker of narrative. Uh, You know, again, thinking about how um, fresh air might organize an interview. Or even, you know, I remember um, when I was doing the research for Out on the Wire, um, Dylan Keefe is the, um, I forget what his title is, but he's the head of production at Radiolab. And, um, he used to work at, on the media and he was saying that people used to ask him what he did for a living. And he would say, I take a 45 minute interview, um, and make it a six minute interview, you know, and how did he put it? There was something better about that. He said it was like, he, he would take like 45 minutes and, and make it into like, like a super punchy, awesome six minutes and basically get everything you needed out of it. So, you know, to approach an interview in that way, to approach it as as material and think about what is it that you want to tell with this interview. So even if you're not kind of constructing something that's character based and all that other stuff, you can still think of these same kinds of tools um, and apply them to interviews.
2: Another way of describing narrative is to raise questions, but be much more slow to answer them using, uh, using occurrences or a sequence of events. So if If I was going to do a a question-based podcast, I would just ask you a question and then you would answer it. But in a narrative podcast, you explore the answer and you find it uh, by weaving through a set of occurrences.
8: It's just telling a story in a different way. So if you feel like you have a story that can be told in story format of the narrative format uh, where you're not having the freedom to banter, Maybe with a co-host or with an interviewee or even just talking off the cuff by yourself, then uh, you know taking the narrative route might be a good option for you. I like a narrative to have multiple people involved so I'm hearing if there's a woman's voice is supposed to be on, I want it spoken by a woman, not by a man, and vice versa you know so you I think the best ones are gonna have multiple people involved, which can be tricky. And also uh, the timing of music coming in, the right music. Uh, There's a lot of things that come into play to really pull that story through. And ultimately that's what we're doing. We're selling a story. I want that story told, you know, the, the most entertaining, best way that it'll pop through. And uh, you know, if we can't do that through the narrative style, then you know, it's not a bad thing to go the traditional route. But my
7: experience has shown me that you have to make an early decision as to who is going to be the one actually telling the story. And it's interesting, as we do narrative podcasting, we try and imagine that as the narrator, we're the one quote-unquote telling it. But the reality is a really good narrative podcast is one where the story is being told by the participants – the story almost unfolds on its own, and the narrator is kind of explaining to you as you go along what's really happening here. Now, there's clearly a choice to guide the story in a certain direction, to edit it a certain way that it's presented you know, to be the story that you might want to tell. But I think that's really the first question you need to ask yourself is who's going to be responsible for ultimately telling the story before I even think about why I want to do it.
1: Our last guest in this episode is Elsie Escobar. She works at Libsyn. So she sees a lot in the podcasting industry as another interest as another interesting fact. She used to be an actress in Hollywood.
0: (laughs) Well, I stopped a long time ago. (laughs) I I did. No, I did. I worked as an actor for 10 years and I did theater and movies and TV and all that fun stuff uh, back in the day. So, you know, I went through college and went into grad school and that's what my, my career was. And I did the Hollywood thing for a while as well. So, um, yeah, that was basically, that was basically it. I think that, you know, one of the reasons what I quit is that I wasn't having the conversations that I'm having with you about acting anymore. Because um, what I didn't know at that time was, um, well, what I hadn't developed at that time was confidence in who I was as an artist and to be able to push that out. You know, I sort of pushed through and didn't trust myself enough. And I didn't have the creative, the creative life that I wish that I could have had. Podcasting gives that to me. Podcasting gives me the control and the creative expression that I was searching for.
1: She said she stopped a long time ago, but that makes her sound old, and she's not. Her experience, though, brings a great perspective. While she hasn't produced narrative podcasts, she has listened to a lot. She shares a little bit about a couple of them
0: they were done in a in a way that really struck me as a human being. Like they were telling stories. It, it was what I loved about that is that not like Tim Coyne had a podcast called the Hollywood podcast, which to this day is perhaps my one most favorite podcast in the world. And I'm very, very sad that he stopped. He pot faded and he went away. Um, Dan Class uh, had the bitterest pill. Lance Anderson had Verge of the Fringe. And Kush had Kush things I say. And all four of these guys were producing a podcast that was telling stories, and they did them, and all of them did it completely different than the other one did. So it was this incredible learning for me to understand how powerful a narrative could be. And that it doesn't have to be a specific type of way. Um, let's say with Dan Class, what he did is he, he primarily told stories that were about his life when he was basically an out-of-work actor for the most part in Los Angeles. And he ended up staying home. He was a stay-at-home at uh, dad while his wife went out to work and so he was taking care of his little babies and he lived in Los Angeles and so he just cultivated these incredible stories of or not incredible super funny stuff that was happening in his life it was sort of like a diary but more but better produced if you will so he for every podcast episode he generally had a focus of maybe three tops three stories that he focused on and he he got behind the microphone and he went off, and for the most part, it seemed as if he was off book, but they were very clearly um, he really worked on them. you know it, it's something that you could tell that he could do at a stand-up uh, show or that it could encapsulate different types of of different um genres. I guess it could be you know you, you could shoot this as a pilot episode or something like this. So they were very audio wise. they were highly produced, and there were some transitional music beds the attitude that Cush, um, which, which was Cush things I said, uh, say was also about living in Hollywood around that time as well. And his, his storytelling was not necessarily as, as funny as Dan Class's, but it was very poignant and very sarcastic and sort of like cut through a lot of the layers of living life in Hollywood. So he would tell a story, but then he would also do give a lot of like sort of deep thoughts that went into it. And you didn't know if he was serious or if he was not, or if he was kind of making fun of the audience or not. Um, really poignant stuff as well. Uh, Lance Anderson, uh, his, his take was not scripting anything. He would basically, it's raw storytelling. Hello, here it is. Here I am, me and my mic, and we will do this thing. No music, nothing. Uh, awkward pauses, accepted. And he would just sort of riff on a specific some Something that was striking him in some way. and it wasn't just your sort of like your your regular Joe Schmo behind the microphone. He really took the craft of of getting behind the microphone and doing in quotes a monologue proper uh, as something to be cultivated. And at the beginning of podcasting, this was something that people were doing a lot more of, where it was sort of like you know how they have open mic. Uh, you know, nights at certain coffee shops or or whatever, where you get behind the microphone and you do the spoken word. It was sort of spoken word stories, where you would <clears throat> kind of like craft the story before, see where the story was going, and and um, see if this was a, a a a good story to tell, and then you basically hit the microphone and you and you do it. And, and you see if it hits or if it doesn't. So there were many times where his storytelling flopped behind the mic. And there were times when it didn't. It really soared. So it was really beautifully done. And the Hollywood podcast, which was with Tim Coyne, he had a very unique take on this stuff. He was also, again, he was a, a, an actor trying to make it in Hollywood. And he told his stories of of going on auditions. And at first, you know, at that time, I was also in in Hollywood doing the acting thing. And, you know, listening to another guy's story about this was the last thing I wanted to listen to. But since I met him at the LA Podcasters, I listened to his show and I was blown away by the caliber of storytelling that he did behind the scenes. He told stories about, you know, going into these auditions, but he also brought in all of the emotion, all of his psychological stuff that was going on, his relationship with his girlfriends, his relationship with his dad and with his brother. And it was it was kind of a very well-produced, if, if I were to put a genre on that, it would be like a very well-produced um, one-hour drama comedy um, where it had scene changes and things like that where it was really him just behind the mic and he would enter, he would put music in there to really kind of drive points home. And there were points where he was telling a story of how his girlfriend broke up with him. And it was just, I I laughed out loud to that podcast more than I have to anything else. And I also cried publicly out on the street because in each one of this podcast, it was like riding a roller coaster. So those are my my contribution to the conversation around narrative podcasting <clears throat> from the, from seeing it from the perspective of the indie, in quote, podcaster, less so than the procaster, which are more of the WNYCs of the world and the, um, very highly trained, um, I guess, audio producers out there.
1: So as we wrap things up, I'm excited about bringing and learning more about narrative podcasting. This is just a quick overview or an introduction to narrative podcasting. So here's what you can be able to expect from the upcoming weeks. In episode two, we'll talk about the roadmap, which is an overview for the actual workflow in narrative podcasting. And it's definitely a lot more extensive than the normal or average interview or solo based podcast that we're used to. In episode three, we'll talk about planning. This is where we get down to the nuts and bolts of the planning before you record and do any of the uh, technical work in the interviews and such. And so planning and preparing is what you need to do. Episode four, we're going to kind of expand a little bit farther on that and go into preparation. This is when we are actively trying to find the right people and getting the exact things back into place for what we want to do. In episode five, we're going to dive into more specific details on how we can be able to record and some good techniques as we are interviewing and to be able to make good, um, get good tape for the shows that we are recording. In episode number six, we're going to talk about the editing, which is probably one of the most intensive parts of this process. And so we're going to go through and share some different tips and tactics and things that you can be able to do to hopefully ease the burden on this part, but also give you a realistic perspective on the commitment that it's going to take. In episode number seven, we're going to look at what it takes to be able to entice the listener, be able to enable to get them to listen to the podcast, and then also to keep them listening And to be able to hook them on, and hopefully then also to be able to share with others the podcast to be able to grow the audience. In episode number eight, we're going to talk about the flowing, in other words, going from one part of the story to the next. We're so that's going to be involving the transitions, which will include music and different narrative scripts that will link the different clips together. And so we're going to talk about that. In episode number nine, we're going to talk about picking up the pieces. So A lot of times when you're doing narrative, you are going to be cutting a lot of tape. You're going to be leaving a lot of pieces of audio behind. And we're going to talk about some different things you might be able to consider to do with those pieces, if anything at all. And then in the last episode, number 10, we're going to talk about some different resources that have been mentioned throughout the whole series. And then specifically just kind of wrap it all together give you a nice place to be able to get all those resources in one place so that you can be able to improve the skills that you have in narrative podcasting and to be able to accelerate, hopefully your ability to produce this kind of podcast. If you haven't already make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss anything. It doesn't matter if it's in stitcher in iTunes overcast or whatever podcast listener catcher that you have. Make sure that you subscribe so that you can make sure to get it right away. Also, please share this podcast if you found value in it. I would definitely appreciate it, and I know others would love to be able to get the resources that are mentioned in this podcast as well. All the resources can be found at creativestudio.academy. And you can also get that podcast hosting that I mentioned earlier. You can go to creativestudio.academy.com to be able to get that. At this particular time, I don't have an affiliate with them, but I am working on that. So if you use that, you could possibly be able to get a discount and help be able to provide for the monetary support that this show needs. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode, and we will definitely be back next week to be able to talk about the roadmap for narrative podcasting.
5: I think it is a wave of the future. It isn't for everyone and those it is for get ready to do some work. But once you put the footwork, oh, it's, it's worth it. It's just such a blast. And there's so many
1: stories out there that need to be told. Okay. Let me cut in here a little bit just to kind of wrap things up and kind of let you know where things are going for the future. And so my original goal for releasing this podcast series was to start releasing it in early March. Well, with a lot of different things that were going on, the editing and putting together the of the episodes themselves aside... There were a lot of personal things that had happened as well. My wife and I had discovered that she was pregnant and there were some complications and some scares that happened with that. And so a lot of time and attention has been given to that. And then in addition, my grandma had passed away. And so there was about a week that I lost um, going up to Wisconsin for the funeral and being with family and different arrangements and things with that. And so there was a lot of things that came up that kind of put, it a, uh, put things behind a little bit as far as the schedule for this. And so I was hoping to be able to get a couple episodes ahead as far as what was already fully produced uh, before releasing this, but that is not the case. But I don't want to put this off any longer. So I released this one. It's probably going to be about a week and a half to two weeks before the next one comes out. But hopefully, we'll be able to keep on track after that to be able to uh, keep them coming each week. And so I do appreciate your work in this. If you have any questions, any comments, any thoughts you'd like to add to the conversation that we are going through in this, please do so by going to creativestudio.academy, and I would love to hear from you there. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.